Let's pray together. Dear Lord, I I pray that all of us, uh, together and individually, uh, would be more of a people who believe that you command our destiny. I don't know if if everybody noticed those words or sang those words, uh, but they were very convicting to me because we think about our our life and our future uh, or loved one's future and to really rest that you are in command uh, of our destiny uh, when we are yours, Jesus. Let us see a big God. Let us see you uh, in all your power and all your might and all your glory. And uh, whether we're here or whether you call us home, whenever that may be, uh, let us stand in the power of Christ. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, guys. Have a seat. Thank you again to our worship team. Glad y'all can be here. Take your Bibles, please. Or if you don't have them, there are Bibles in the back, or take your phones, uh, whatever is your, your preference. Turn in the back of your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians. I'm going to be reading 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and into chapter 5. That's going to be our main passage. But then you could also highlight uh, 1 John chapter 5 because... There are a couple verses there that I will use later. Uh, Okay, glad again y'all could be here. I hope y'all are having a good weekend. We'll have a good holiday uh, weekend. It is uh, Memorial Day, and so first off, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Memorial Day. I was thinking about it. I haven't, uh, actually have not preached on Memorial Day weekend the last couple years. And so I was really thinking about, you know, in memory. So this is a, it is a holiday weekend which is really dedicated uh, to think about, to remember people. Now, it was begun to remember a a certain type of person who sacrificed, who really gave everything in that they gave their entire life for us uh, as a people, as a country. And, you know, I remember, if you know me, you probably know I have one regret in life, Uh, Not to harp on this, but uh, one regret is that I was not able to serve uh, in the military. And I really, really admire those who do in whatever capacity. And I'm very thankful. Like here today, we have have people who have served. We have people who are serving in military academies. Brother, glad you're here. Glad you're here. Glad you're surviving. Have people serving National Guard. So... You know, I, I like to do this, just give them a thanks and appreciation. I think that that would mean clap. Okay. Uh, you know, I think one of the roles of the church is to support one another. And I definitely believe, and, and I'm very thankful, uh, and this could be another sermon of, of things that kind of uh, are in our nation or culture of separation state. But I do believe one of the re- God's convicted me, one of the reasons that I do what I do as pastor is I want to help people who have served, served in the military, uh, veterans, but also serving now. And so that is uh, something I like to do, but also I think it can be an important role of the church, of a church family, that those who are serving, those who have served, uh, particularly those in return, uh, that we can contribute just to be in a community for them. Uh, I think churches can play a great role in that. But I remember my, my great uncle... So he went through uh, World War II, kind of like 
If you've seen Band of Brothers, which I love, I mean, he went in through Europe uh, with, with that, uh, I don't know what unit, but he was uh, in Patton's army. So he went through, he saw a lot, he was in the Battle of the Bulge, he lived till last year, so he lived into his 90s. But I never will forget a phrase he used, because I talked to him a lot about his life and his service and stories, and he said, you know, sometimes it's like I close my eyes and there's a movie reel on the back of my eyes, and I just see, you know, the men charging. And so I think that, you know, one thing that we can do for those who have served and may not have sacrificed their entire life, but sacrificed a lot of their emotional and mental well-being, I would say, uh, because to have to live with those movie image screens is that we can pray for those veterans. And he has uh, gone on to be with the Lord, but uh, there are others in more recent uh, battles and wars uh, that, uh, that we can think about and remember. But then there are those, you know, as Memorial Day, it's really for those who gave the greatest sacrifice of their life. And we can remember families who have lost loved ones. Uh, another, I guess, great movie, uh, and probably what I'll watch either tonight or tomorrow, and I would recommend it, is Saving Private Ride. And there's a scene, which is really one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, is when the mom, and this doesn't ruin anything, okay, but the mom of the boys, you know, is on the farm in Iowa, and the car drives up, and she doesn't know who it is, and then, like, the chaplain comes out, and it's really a beautiful, beautifully shot scene. She's on the porch, you know, looking out, and she just drops to her knees because she knows the news, you know. She knows what's happened. And so, you know, one thing for, um, for families who've lost loved ones, uh, you know, in service, we can remember, we can uh, pray for, we can at least consider but I want to expand it today past just military families and those who serve. Because really as a church, you know, to be in memorial, in memory, we need to at least remember families who just have lost loved ones in some, uh, in some fashion. And another memory I have is actually two years ago today, two years ago today. Uh, I was on sabbatical, some of you guys uh, remember, and I uh, got a phone call. So it was a sister in the Lord, uh, a sister who was a Christian, you know, who had, who had passed. You know, it was really a shocker, you know, did not expect it at all. And therefore, you know, remembering uh, that family today, but also other families today, uh, you know, who... Maybe they don't go here to this church. Maybe they're friends or extended family of yours. Maybe they do go here. And so this is a time that we can remember and serve and love those who have, um, who have lost loved ones. That being said, let's go to Scripture. Because often I think what we do as church people, and the last couple of weeks and into the summer, we're in this series called Church People. As in like, what should church people, church folks be like? Okay, yes, we believe in the Lord. We believe in Jesus. But like, how should we live with one another? How should we live with people who are not church people? How should we act? And I think that the Bible really gives, the Bible is so many things. But in one way, it is kind of like a manual 
of how to live. It's kind of like an owner's manual of this life, this body that we have about how to live. And if you get into the, the end of the Bible, the, uh, the latter books, I mean, it's all really about life in the church, life in community, and how church people should live. So today, to tie into being in memory or living in memory, how, how do we live uh, when we have lost someone? Uh, how do we live in memory? Uh, how do we live as a community that, that loves on people who have lost uh, someone? How, how, do we, how do we do that? And I believe the Bible uh, gives us a lot of good instruction to remember not just the good times in the past that we've had with loved ones, but to remember the promise of the Lord, the promise of Scripture, of what we have in Jesus. And what we have in Jesus is eternal life. And I think I said this last week. You know, we all have individual souls. And at the end of our life, we will stand before the Lord. And there are two eternal places. One's called heaven. One's called hell. And so, yes, the most important thing is to be right with the Lord. And so, for eternity, to be in the place called heaven with Him. And then the Bible goes on to say that there, and we're about to read it, that there is a return. And after heaven, the heavens and the earth will unite... And our final home, in fact, will not be heaven, will be the new heavens and the new earth here. But don't take my word for it. Let's just read this in Scripture, okay? So 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Thessalonians was written to a church, so written to church people in a town called Thessalonica, which is in Greece, okay? And this is Paul writing to... Again, a church, church people about uh, what we have in Jesus in terms of the resurrection, resurrection life, what our future is when we believe in Jesus. I'm going to start chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians, verse 13. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, concerning those who are asleep. That would be Paul's way of saying those who've died, which is very interesting. He calls them, he says they're asleep. Those who are asleep so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. I'll stop right there for a moment. If, if we need anything in this life, I mean, look, life is a, life's a tough deal. I, I, like, we celebrate, and, uh, you know, I, I heard a graduation speech uh, early, actually, it was this morning. I was driving here, and I was listening to the graduation speech, and uh, it said, you know, it's a, it's a great world out there, but it's also a tough world, so if I had one piece of advice for you graduates be like this. Stay here. Stay where you are. And don't go out in the world. I wouldn't say that. But it's a tough world. And what we need, if we need anything at all, is hope. So Paul says, some have no hope. Church people should have hope. Pick it up again, verse 14. For if we believe, you know, we sang about this, this is what we believe. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, in the same way... I love how Paul adds, in the same way, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. It's not my opinion. Uh, it's not a philosophy I'm talking. This is biblical, literal words that, and, you know, and I believe this literally. In the same way, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For we say this to you by a word from the Lord. We who are still alive, look at this, at the Lord's coming. That means the Lord coming back to earth. Okay? 
will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Look at this, verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are still alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I hope you listen to me there. I know sometimes you listen, sometimes you don't. Of course, I wish, as uh, probably most preachers, that you hung on every word, but I'm just a human being, okay? I'm just, and there are going to be other human beings of other churches, but this is God's word. And did you hear what God's word said? It said, to paraphrase, that those who've died in Christ, there will be a rebirth. But more than that, that at some point in history, Jesus will return. Uh, in uh, the sky, in the clouds, uh, they're, they're very uh, like simple, literal images there. Trumpets, uh, a cry, a shout even. Uh, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Okay? Now, uh, let me pause there because, you know, as church people, you know, we're very good, especially down here, uh, to, to say what we're, like, supposed to say and what we're supposed to believe. And down here, in especially the Bible Belt, you know, if we maybe didn't believe something the Bible said, we might be a little bit more hesitant to say, I don't know about that. Uh, where in other parts of the country or the world, uh, where people, church people might be a little bit more hesitant to say, hey, I really believe that because they might be persecuted. You understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying is, if, if, you're, if you're like not sure about that, like you're like, hey, I, I believe and I'm a Christian, but you know, some of this stuff, like, you know, <laughs> like what does it say? Those who are left will be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. The dead in Christ will rise first. Let me give you some grace. Like, I mean, I, I can give grace if you'd say, you know, like I believe in Jesus, I believe in the resurrection, but like right here, I mean, this is, I mean, this is just past the bounds of like science and physics. You know, I've had people ask me, not actually not in this community, maybe they, they could or should, but I've had people ask me, you know, what about a Christian who got cremated. Y'all know what cremated is? You know what cremated is? Yep. What about them? Because, and they point to this passage right here. It's like, well, you know, I don't know. I do know this. God can do anything. So, like, molecules and fragments put together as a body, is that uh, supernatural? Yes. Is our faith supernatural? Yes. If you read the words of that song, this I believe. We believe in a virgin birth. That's kind of supernatural. We believe that a man who was dead for three days, that is like molecules and cells stopped working, and then all of a sudden they started working again. So do I believe God can do anything? Yes, of course. Can he reconcile the most hardened of relationships? Yes. Can he do miracles? Yes, he can. Okay. Do I know how? No. So I walk by faith and not by sight. And so should we all. But how we tie this to living in memory, often as church people, and I would be, you know, 
I would be most guilty of this. I will remember most uh, the good times uh, that I had with the loved one, or maybe even the challenging times, and I'll remember their life. And that is, that is so uh, valid, fair, yes, special times. But what I can do is I'll forget this. I'll forget the promises of the Bible, the promises of the Christian faith, the promises church people have in Jesus. I'll forget these memories. So I'm talking about these memories, like the memories I had from a you know, little country church that I grew up in. These memories of, of parents you know, reading uh, Bible stories, paraphrasing them so they made sense to me that we should do now. Memories of a VBS, uh, learning about resurrection. Uh, memories of uh, youth group or student camp. Uh, memories of mission trips and talking about and thinking about supernatural things. Okay? Those are memories that point back to Scripture. And so I'll often forget those memories and just think about the loved ones and now that they're gone and have those memories. So my point for myself and for us is to remit, to live in memory, like remember the promises of Christ, the promises of Scripture. What this passage says, that, you know, the Lord will raise those who are in Him. There's a spiritual resurrection. So let me just be clear. What I believe happens to Christians at the moment of their earthly death is immediately they are with the Lord. And then, Scripture says here, there's going to be a moment in time in history that Lord Jesus, as King Jesus, King of all the universe, will return into this earthly plane and the dead in Christ will rise first. Call me crazy. I know it's what the Bible says. We believe it literally. We are supernatural people as church people. And I want us, as we sometimes remember and even grieve loved ones, I want us to remember those memories too, the hope that we have, so we can be people of hope and not like those who have no hope, as Paul said, okay? But then last, turn to 1 John chapter 5, okay? Because often, and I, you know, I found myself in this trap, okay? Here's what I'm talking about. Often we can remember, oh yeah, that's the promises that we have as a Christian, the promises that we have in Jesus, that we have resurrection, that the dead in Christ will raise, that there will be the new heavens and new earth. And, and I'm, kind of, I'm kind of a future-oriented guy, and, and I like thinking about the future and what's, what's next. And uh, my wife can tell you I'm always thinking about the next trip, the next opportunity, the next... I'm very future-oriented, and some of us are. So I like thinking about the future hope. And you know what I forgot? And I was driving here this morning, okay? I was driving here this morning. Why do we have that hope? Because, like me, some of us can be like, oh, yeah, man, that's great. Yeah, man, supernatural, and we got resurrection, and yeah, we can remember the good times, and we can grieve, and as a church, we can support those who've lost loved ones, and then we know what will happen, not only that they're with uh, the Lord in heaven now, but that we'll all be together in new heavens and earth, but we forget, you know, and I, it's like, I can forget, too, why that's all possible. What's my point in that? point is the memory, the reason all that's possible, the reason we have hope is circle back to the memory of a Savior who gave his life for each of you individually 
on the cross. There's a cross up there, that's why I'm pointing. On the cross. On the cross. And I know that's like Sunday school language, but often, as church people, especially on here, we, we have the hope and the good stuff, but we might, we might not just remember like what Jesus did for us. And, and the point, the, the gospel truth, is that there is a person who is the Lord who has given his life for each of you, individually. Let's read this. 1 John 5. This would be John, John the disciple. And he's talking about the certainty of God's testimony, okay? And what you believe. A testimony, you've heard individual testimonies here. Uh, this is the testimony of the Lord uh, to help us believe. Listen to this. Verse 5 in 1 John 5. Who is the one who conquers the world? but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus Christ, he is the one who came by water and blood. Not by water only, but by water and by blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three are in agreement. If we accept human testimony, God's testimony is greater. Because it is God's testimony that he has given about his son. The one who believes in the son of God has this testimony within himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar. Because he has not believed in the testimony God has given about his son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. The one who has the son has life. Let me read that again. The one who has the Son has life. The one who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. I love that last verse that I read because, again, John here is writing to church people, to us. He's saying, I've written these things to you who believe, who already believe, but you may not remember... We may not be living in the memory, the memory of those who have the Son of God have life, period. So that you may know that you have eternal life. Uh, you know, all of us, all of us can really fall uh, prey into a big trap of sin, the devil, the world. And the trap is that we really confuse this place with heaven. And that leads us to really so much, uh, sometimes so much damage in our life. Here's what I mean. Like, like we mistake, we think like, well, this should be, this place, this, this, this earthly home really should be heaven, which means perfect life, perfect career, perfect kids, okay? Uh, you know, perfect, perfect everything, perfect vacations, uh, beauty, everything. And we see the beauty of God everywhere, but this place is not heaven. Uh, we've won, we have victory, Jesus has saved us, but there's still the remnants of sin until the Lord comes again. But what we can know is that in Jesus we have eternal life, and the testimony, again, it's not mine, it's really no individual human or person, but the testimony of God through Scripture. Verse 5, who is the one, I love the word conquer, who loves the word conquer, just, you know, Come on, you might like conquer. I like to conquer things, you know. Verse 5, who is the one who conquers the world? 
And you know, when you first read that, you're like, who's the one who conquers the world? You might think, Jesus conquers the world. But then he goes on, he said, but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. As in like, when we have Christ in us, we can overcome the world, we can overcome sin, we even overcome death. Yes. Paul writes, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, the last enemy to be defeated will be death. Death's a bad, bad guy. Bad dude. Causes a lot of pain. And yet the Bible says, and the devil causes us to forget, but the Bible can help us remember, the one who conquers the world is the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. To those church people who believe, verse 15, you can know you have eternal life. What I've tried to do today, close up, and we're going to take communion together. But, you know, I I really wanted to rethink about this idea about memory, remembering. What does that mean for church people? Yes, uh, we need to remember those who've given the greatest sacrifice to serve, particularly this country. Uh, Yes, we need to come around, and as we have and love and support uh, those who've lost loved ones. Uh, And I've been fortunate to say that over and over again, both in this house and to extended family. But as church people, often, we live in the memory of the good times that we have with loved ones, and we might forget the memory of our faith and the promises of Christ. That when Jesus is in you, you can conquer the world. That doesn't mean health and wealth, okay? That does mean the conquering of sin, conquering of, he's conquered the devil, conquering of death itself. And you're like, well, I mean, I I may die. You may be like, hey, I'm a doctor. I've seen, yes, death is still present. But one day, one day, it will not exist at all. And that should be the faith of church people and really the life of church people. And so I find myself sometimes falling back into really the rational thinking of this world. And I don't want that for my life. And I don't want that for your life. And I don't want that for this church. I want us to live by faith, not by sight. A living, breathing, supernatural life that is robust and fulfilling. And yes, contributes to this community and goes to neighbors and nations. Because that is what we're called to do. And it should be a life that even though pain and even death is a reality, there's hope. And the hope is not in the gifts that you or I or anybody have been given or opportunities to serve in some way, this or that, or career. The hope is in Jesus. Church people, is our hope in him? I've tried to just articulate and draw out some of the, some of the promises of that hope. And... The world and sin and the devil is still fighting at your hearts and minds to say, that's hogwash. You've got to make the pivot to this being truth, your truth, your hope. And then God will, God's already doing remarkable things in you, I believe, but he'll even do more and more and more. And it doesn't end at earthly death. It just goes on forever and ever. And I don't know how that looks, but I know that that's a reality. And that's how I walk by faith and not by sight. And... Pray that we all do together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, 
there all or all of us have people whom we have we have loved and lost. I pray that we can be a church people that cares for one another in that continually through this earthly life. I pray more that we remember the true memory of what you've done for us on the cross, that you have given your life, you've sacrificed your life, you've, um, you've taken uh, death on and defeated death for us. Um, that is real, that's biblical, that is supernatural. I, I pray that we believe that more and more. I pray that we see it in coming forward and taking communion in just a moment. I pray for those who've lost loved ones. I pray specifically for people in this community, in this church, who've lost ones very near, uh, very dear to them. I I pray for those uh, families of soldiers who are serving. Uh, I pray for the soldiers who have returned. Uh, I I pray that we can be a more caring community, uh, both for, for those who are embarking into the world as graduates, uh, those who are in school now, those who are going off into the world in careers, starting marriages, starting families. Pray we can be the church, a church people, a light on this corner, into this city, into, into nations. Help us do that. We do that through hope, hope in the future, but also hope in the past, the finished work of you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.